Hey, welcome back. Episode 11. Three guys from the south side. Uh, we went from two last week, three this week. Special guest here, but first, uh, from Champaign, Illinois, as always, boys, Bernardi. Boys, how are we doing? Good to be here. Uh, a little chilly. Just got back. When I was in the office for work today. Feels good to be back, but uh, back working from home in the podcast studio in Champaign, Illinois. Home of the fight in the line eye and ready for another episode. Week 11, baby. Let's do it. Back in the lab, back in the lab. And by the way, I, I said it in, a, in, in our pre-show, but I love the Liddyville, Illinois shirt with the ILL in Ville uh, in a different color. Mad uh, props. I do like that. I do like that. Uh, our guest this week, Amos uh, Stag, high school alum, class of 08. University. Hey, I dipped in both. I dipped in both. So I went Stanford two years, Stag two years. I was a, I was a D232 for three guy. Well, <laughs> I love coming, it. coming in a little early. Yeah, he was two out of three in the D230 there. But also we got, uh, the, other third. We got the other third picked up, Merrick. University of Iowa, class of 2012 alum. Uh, all-time uh, Hall of Famer at Spinnakers down in Panama City Beach. Uh, with us this week from Chicago, Illinois, Scott Bray. Scott, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, man. I've been waiting so long that I got a little jumpy there. Jumped in early. I've uh, I've been a fan since day one. Just been waiting for the call. Finally, uh, tapped me on the shoulder here a couple of days ago. So let's fire it up. Long time listener, first time caller. I love That's it. Right. I love it. Scott so, doesn't know that Fiona and me. Oh. <laughs> That might have to All be right, the intro well, song. Well, look, uh, let's 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 get a few things out of the way. One, my Super Bowl picks were awful. Uh, prop bets. I don't think I hit a single one except for the the over on the uh, national anthem, which I know we didn't talk about on the show last week, but I ended up tweeting out. I lost literally every single bet. Brothers, first player to score a touchdown, Gatorade color, the under, the the under on or the over on Evans and Godwin for Tampa Bay. So I, I was just an atrocity, but what else? Uh, how'd you boys fare on the, on the Super Bowl here? Uh, I'll go first. So yeah, Godwin Evans disappointing scored 31 points. Uh, and they didn't get it. I'd wonder what's wrong that Travis, Travis Kelsey under hurt too. He had six yards after the first quarter and ended with a hundred, but chiefs were playing behind, but, uh, my Tampa Bay pick worked well. And, uh, had the biggest uh, cock tease in the world, you can say, with Tom Brady down at the five-yard line, throwing at the Gronk. I thought Brady was going to sneak it in there to hit a $15,000 free $50 parlay from DraftKings, but uh, it wasn't meant to be. But, uh, nope, Tampa Bay won. I'm happy for them and Todd Bowles. Had a couple player props with a buddy, but ended up losing a couple bucks. Nothing major. It was fun to watch, though. Scott, how'd you do? Um, one of my, one of my best Super Bowls I've had, luckily. I, so I had a future on the bucks. I'm a, I'm a long, uh, Tom Brady disciple, love the guy. So always riding with them. I was an idiot. I hedged, put a hundred on the chiefs on Sunday morning to uh, at least ensure I got some money. Shouldn't have done it, but then. Nothing wrong with that. I do it all the time. Yeah. I had Gronk scoring. Um, I had, uh, two, the two I lost was Anthony Sherman to score a touchdown, a little long shot there. Thought maybe a little fullback dive. They didn't even get into the end zone as a team. So that was a disaster. I had Evans scoring a touchdown that didn't go well. Uh, I hit two squares though. So I'd never, never hit a square in my life. I hit two of them. So that was exciting. 
Yeah, that was it the one and nine? Because that would have hit in the third quarter and then at the end of the game too. So you'd have got the big prize. So man, good for you. It was, yeah, it was exhilarating. Worth uh, the thousands and thousands of dollars I've sunk into squares over the last 10 years. You know, I'm still down, but it, it was worth it. The, hey, you keep the, going. Throw, It'll come out ahead eventually. That's what we all tell ourselves. Exactly. The throw and excitement, I'm sure it's, it's like a game of golf, right? It's always going to uh, always gonna bring you back after Absolutely. after one or two good shots, right? So I, I don't know about you guys, though. I was not a, like – I just – there was no excitement in the, in that game. It was kind of a boring Super Bowl, to say the least, uh, from my perspective. But uh, what I will say, I think the one exciting part, and something we talked about a lot last week, was how good was that Tampa Bay front seven? They were awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, from Barrett to Sue, uh, Levante David is a, just a scary, scary man. He should have uh, been MVP, I thought. He shut down. I, he 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 did he did he shut down anyone that came in the slot. I mean, Tyree Kill. I, I don't even know how many targets that guy even had. But like them just isolating him and shutting him down completely in the first half just set the tone for the rest of the game. And that defense played great. Um, yeah, I, I think a that's a biggest takeaway. Yeah, this is a pet peeve of mine. One thing I love about uh, soccer across the pond is when they say kickoff is at 12 p.m. The ball's kicked off at 12 p.m. But with the NFL, they say the ball's kicking off at 520. It was 556, and they finally kicked off. And, like, you're hyping yourself up, and you're just getting bored and tired, and you're like, you want this to go on, and then you factor in that it wasn't a sold-out crowd. They didn't really pump in the noise. So the Super Bowl did seem fairly anticlimactic, but a consumer or viewer complaint would be, man, if you're going to start the game at 555, tell us instead of 520 when we're waiting around. You're fucking wasting, wasting time, wasting time. Any thoughts on uh, any thoughts on the officiating in the first half? Yeah, so Hardy said, huge Brady fan. So been there before. I had to defend myself at the Super Bowl party, but after getting a second look on Monday without any uh, soda pops in me, definitely pretty questionable. The dive at Evans, and then um, I guess that we don't do like not not catchable anymore. Because that one in the end zone, I mean, nobody was bringing yeah, that I, thing I, down, and they called it. I so. could level set. I could level set with that and, and get behind it. that. That ball wasn't really catchable. So I'm going to take the contrarian pick here. So Tony Romo said in the beginning, if they're going to call this game tight, it's not good for the Chiefs because they're notoriously known for holding. And they called it the same way the whole entire game. And the thing is, that Mike Evans penalty, I agree it's questionable. But at the same time, it's a self-inflicted gunshot wound when you have a third and one for Tampa Bay and the Chiefs are calling a timeout to stop the clock and try and get the ball back. So, like, that happened to themselves, basically, is what I'm trying to get to the point. Like, they did to themselves. I agree it was a questionable call. Some of those throws by Brady were over the head. But if they're calling holding, it doesn't matter if it's uncatchable or not. It's true. It's fair. It's true. True. Still, a, still the right call. Yeah, Andy. What are you gonna think about Andy calling timeouts with with the goat I, on? The I don't field know what he was doing. I don't know what he was doing at halftime. Like he gets the ball back. This team's came back double digits before in the playoffs. Why risk it? Just going to the halftime and readjust. And man, they got that other tutty, and it just felt different compared to the Titans last year, the Texans last year, and they were down by twenty four, and even the Bills two weeks ago. When Tampa went up, it just felt different, and they, they didn't. I don't think they were going to give that lead up, and they didn't. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. Yeah, you get you could definitely get a sense in the in the game, just the team confidence. You know, once Brady starts putting points on the board, that they're, you know, and Brady we trust, right? Hey, we're 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 gonna go win this thing. This guy's been here before. Let's get behind him. So, um, hey, the the last thing I want to talk about, and uh, I didn't, I don't know if this is true or not. This is something you'd see on the internet, of course. But apparently, this guy means it's true. Who went streaking? Put what fifty grand at seven and a half to one? I think the odds were for there to be a streaker at the Super Bowl. He had like a uh, supposedly had a thousand dollar bail, which netted him three hundred seventy four thousand dollars in the process. Is like what do you, is this is this real? Yeah, I mean, show me a book that's taking fifty thousand dollar exotic props, and uh, <laughs> you got a customer right here. But it's tough to believe, but I hope it's true. That's the Cinderella story we all want to hear. You know, I look, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Show me a guy that is uh, not Italian that's probably going to shake me down for that <laughs> amount of money, uh, or make me front it for that matter, because we're going to have to get liquid pretty quick if if that's the case. So wait, it, uh, Blaze, bringing you back here. The streaker is that is that real? What do you think? So I was actually reading this thing. Illinois doesn't allow any bets like that because it's not in the game. They can't control for stuff like that. So if there's an offshore book that's doing it, props to him. He's coming out ahead. But um, I wouldn't be bragging and telling people that I'm the one that bet $50,000 on there for the, there to be a streaker because I'm sure some offshore book's going to pull, pull some shady stunt and say, hey, we're not paying. Yeah, yeah. So, they could pull hey, thinking outside the box. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever seen the movie Runner Runner, uh, Justin Timberlake, Ben Affleck, I think I got like a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, check it out. Check it out. Decent film. But yeah, they, they'll, they'll come shake you down. That's for sure. Um, all right. Hot takes. Super Bowl 56 next year. Who do we like from the AFC? Who do we like from the NFC? Scotty B. What do you got? Yeah. So he started off by saying hot take. I, I hate to give somewhat of a, a trendy, chalky pick here, but let's start with the AFC first. So I'm a trend guy. I told you guys that. Teams just don't go to the Super Bowl three times in a row. It doesn't happen. I get that Mahomes is a beast, but uh, they're not going to make it back. They're going to get knocked out here a little early. The Ravens are going to be the team that makes it. Uh, they got that run game. They got the defense. I think they're going to invest in some receivers, get Lamar some help. Hopefully Lamar gets a little bit better, but I'm taking the Ravens from the AFC, and they're going to lose. This is that trendy, chalky one right now, the Rams. So let me explain. I'm a Chicago wow. Bears fan. I'm a Bears fan. I'm defense first. You know, it's in my blood. They got a nasty defense. They're going to ride that defense all the way. So uh, I'm going Rams over Ravens as of uh, February of 2021. He likes the R wow. Interesting, interesting takes. Interesting takes on both on both boys. Uh, what kind of odds do both teams have to make the make the Super Bowl? All right, so the uh, not to make it, but to win is what I could find. Ravens and Rams are both twelve to one. Wow, I like it. Close, very close. If you want to bet that matchup? You can probably get close to eighty to ninety odds if you think it's going to be those two teams playing each other. I yeah. might be off, but I'm not sure how that works exactly with the math. But um, 
I love long shots. I'm going to give a couple flyers out right now. So uh, bear with me. I love Matt rule. I think he turned it around in a second year at Baylor. Um, and it's a second year in Carolina and they definitely want to upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater. And if they do, I think you're going to get really good value here. I like I the can't stand that 45 guy. to one odds to win the Super Bowl. I think that's a good one to take. And Hey, they make the Super Bowl. You can hedge or even the conference championship. And then uh, I, I love this team. I don't know what it is. I love their defense. I love their offensive players. I know they got an Iowa guy, um, the Iowa tight end, but I love the Broncos at 60 to one. Drew Locke sucks, but I love Fangio. That defense is solid, but they were hurt all year and they haven't been 100% since pre COVID. And whenever there's a team that loses in the Super Bowl, they struggle to make it back. Look at the Rams. They didn't make the playoffs the next year. Look at the 49ers. They didn't make the playoffs next year. There's a Super Bowl hangover and it's real. And I don't, I know Mahomes is like kryptonite, but. I think there's going to be a hangover in Kansas City, Missouri, and I think Denver could take advantage of this at 60 to 1. So those are my two long shots. I love the long shot and then hedge in the middle. But uh, our our host, Mikey, what are you thinking? Well, first off, I hate Matt Rule. Um, and just because he was he was that he was that coach who like brought his kid on the sideline for every win, and like his kid almost got hurt. His kid had a pullback coach. Like his kid was like on the field, basically. You know what um, that reminds me of the 2003 Cubs, Dusty Baker's kid almost getting ran over. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, I, I, I just can't, I can't stand Matt Rule for that reason, and just yeah, God fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> Drew Lock, his girlfriend is he an sucks. Absolute, his he girlfriend sucks is an absolute missile. So first off, backstory. This dude, he this dude was dating the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs' daughter. Uh, you can look up on Instagram, something Hunt. Um, they also own FC Dallas um, down here. They're loaded billionaires. Um, goes from her to now this like Instagram model. The guy's way out kicking his coverage for to be in you know an average pro QB at at absolute best. Um, and not to mention, you see those videos that dude rapping on the sidelines throughout the year. Oh my God. And then like Gucci Mane's like, and then Gucci Mane's tweeting yeah. at him. Yeah. Cause he's, he's rapping a Gucci song. It's, it's unbelievable. So, um, well, he's he went to Missouri, so I'm not surprised. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, um, my Super Bowl 56 picks, Scott, I agree with you in the AFC. I think next year is the year that Baltimore has figured it out. I think uh, I couldn't agree more. They need help at wide at wide receiver. Um, they rely so heavily on that short to medium passing game. They have no real deep threats. Um, you know, they they've got Andrews at tight end uh, and and a solid run game. And you know, obviously Lamar makes a lot happen with his feet, but they definitely need help uh, uh, on the ends there. Uh, that defense is solid as well. Um, of course. So we like them 12 to one and I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, I'm going with the bears. Come on. Give me a break. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. Like I think I know I'm being optimistic. Uh, actually probably not even very realistic here. Um, I think that's back home. I think the defense comes back, you know, as strong as they are, you know, today. 
and we finally figure out a few things on offense. I'm not, we're not asking for much, Mitch. We're not asking for much. Guy finally got settled down, right? He just engaged to his, his longtime girlfriend. Um, you know, he's, you know, you know, I think really going to come into the role and, and hopefully Wait, Mitch? M- mature in the role. Well, they don't yeah. want him back. And he yeah, dude, back the Mitch is not going to be in Chicago next year. No shot. Yeah, until it happens, until it happens, I'm gonna get behind Mitch. But if somebody else comes in, somebody better, then yes. See, fifty to one, Mike. My Broncos sixty to one pick if sounds fifty better. to one. That's fine. I, you know what? I'll take a small play on fifty to one that the Bears will be in the Super Bowl next year. You know, Blaze could. I mean, this guy is a salesman. I'm ready to bet on the Panthers and the Broncos right now. He was making some sense over there, so. <laughs> Well, I, I'm not even. I, I'm not even. I'm. I'm in the public sector. I'm in government finance, Scott. And the thing is, Mike's okay. the one in finance in the private sector, and I'm giving a better sales pitch to my teams and uh, fucking Chicago Bears. So anything sounds better than Mikey's pitch. So I can't take too much credit. I'm a jaded Bears fan, you know. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But no, never too early to hop on the Broncos and Colts and, and Panthers. I'm sorry, those two teams can both upgrade at quarterbacks. And those odds could get a lot better, just like with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, never They're know. In the uh, the Deshaun sweepstakes, from what I've seen, so put it in now, just like last year. All those people who took the Bucks fifty to one before they got Tommy, you're on to something. Hey, win the week, weekly perennial this week, eighteen thousand dollars. Put it on the Panthers, forty five to one odds. That will be Merrick's math question at the end of the podcast. Eighteen thousand dollars times forty five. What's that payout? We'll come back at the end of the show here. Um, well, let's recap a couple other picks we had last week. Uh, I split. Uh, I know I'm splitting the NHL, Montreal. Uh, look, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about them for a quick second because they're so filthy. Petrie, Toffoli, Suzuki, Anderson, Druin, all over ten points. Petrie's leading the team with fourteen. I mean, a D man leading your team with 14 points after 12 games played. Um, they're getting help from all around. Tatar's even playing fairly well. He's got seven points. Uh, Brendan Gallagher as well contributing. So uh, what I know that game ended up uh, going under, you know, we still did cover the money line uh, on that game, but I just got to shout out the Canadians. They are a force to be reckoned with. And uh, I think still probably going to give a little contention uh, for Toronto coming out of uh, out of that division. Salami didn't hit two COVID games uh, that ended up getting postponed, uh, including some of the uh, three actually of the uh, top 10 scoring teams in the league. So uh, that ended up uh, going under. We didn't win that one. And Toledo just shit the bed. Uh, they got outscored by 16 in the second half, uh, went one and two uh, on those remaining three free picks from last week. Boys, how'd your other picks fare from the uh, slate last weekend? Um, my first pick, I uh, had Missouri plus three. Um, they were up by 21 with uh, 10 minutes left and end up winning by uh, three. And they almost had a chance to lose the game. So that was a sweater. And then I had Creighton minus four and a half and they were up by 11 and then somehow they won by three. So my locks of the week went one and one. Weekly perennial went five and five. But um, we're back. We're, we were back in the lab this week, and we got some more winners. So we'll talk about those later. Yeah. Well, hey, let's let's get right into it. Let's get right into my favorite segment of the week: the weekly perennial, the chance to turn a very small investment 
Scott, we're not talking. We're not talking a lot. We're we're talking about a five, uh, probably, you know, five ten dollar punch card over at Brothers on a Thursday night. The baby, um, where you at? You don't want this smoke. Yeah, yeah. Come on, the baby. You don't want to bet. You don't want to bet this parlay and hit it next week once you actually do bet it. But uh, look, a a a small investment, twenty dollar investment, actually. Again, uh, again, our listeners with the points boost, uh, eighteen thousand five hundred McChickens. Uh, that's not a small amount of money. That's probably a two carat ring for your girl over there, Scotty. Um, we can, we can make that happen. I, I got a guy, but, uh, <laughs> boys hit us with the perennial. I'm excited to see, see what your takes are. That's going to win us a lot of money. Yep. So, uh, I'm four and oh in the 11 a.m. slate the past two weeks. So, uh, we're going to go six games in the 11 a.m. slate. I can't pump it. One pump it. I can't survive the 1 p.m. slate. So no one o'clock games. Then we got two, five o'clock games. And one night cap to win it all. So here we go. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, boys. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what we're doing. And this is mentality. This is the 11th weekly perennial. So we have a pretty big sample size to gather and analyze this data. So the first game I like under Xavier Yukon, 135. Loyola minus three at Drake. Absolutely love this game. We'll talk about more of it later. Going a little contrarian here. The Hoosiers plus six at Columbus against Ohio State. Now a one seed in uh, Joe Lenardi's bracketology. West Virginia minus three against the Sooners. Sell, sell, sell the Sooners like GameStop right GameStop right now. Um, under Arizona and Oregon, 147. In the last 11 a.m. game, we go 6-0. Under Kansas State and uh, Oklahoma State University, 137. The two 5 p.m. games I like, Creighton plus one at home against Villanova. And then under UVA, North Carolina at 130 points. Four unders in this weekly perennial, so we'll see how that wow. plays. And the last game to win $18,500, the Boise State Broncos minus 10 at home against the UNLV Rebels. So that's the 10-game slate there. Didn't diversify the portfolio. Didn't like a soccer game early in the morning to get an easy bet. We're going all college basketball until March Madness. So uh, that's what we got. I, I, I do like that Boise play. I do like that Boise play. You've been you've been riding them the last couple of weeks, and they've been, they've been paying off. So – Hopefully yeah, they, they hopefully they get another one. Like Love it. Love it. Uh well again, folks, small investment, 20 small ones. That's gonna get you eighteen thousand five hundred McChickens. Uh we'll talk next week. Uh if you do end up hitting it, uh we do collect four uh, percent residual on that. So uh, I can see that. That's that makes sense. So, if you like to uh, tweet or retweet, it's five percent. By the way, <laughs> I think we have like thirty-five followers right now. We're getting up there. Hey, that's more there. listeners than we have right now. So uh, we got to start somewhere. Mike. True. Yeah, Scotty, you're really gonna need to pump this episode a couple times, buddy. <laughs> I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> I might. I, I I deleted my Twitter. I got sick of it back in like the middle of summer with Trump and everything. I might have to get back on and do this. Don't worry. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be blasting this from the golf cart Friday morning, Harbor Town, <laughs> South Carolina. Nice. Don't worry. I'll, I'll be blasting this. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get everyone in our group to be listening to the goddamn podcast and, and betting on it. So, um, all right, Scotty, you and I typically, you know, every every once in a while, engage in a couple conversations via Twitter, uh, talking Cubs, White Sox. Uh, especially uh, with with our buddy uh, Molaris there, biggest fanboy George Molaris. Yeah, out big, biggest fanboy. I feel like he wishes he went to Iowa with all of us, but 
Um, he didn't, of course. He went to Norbert, but RIP. Um, Scott, White Sox baseball. White Sox look great. Made a lot of great acquisitions. Uh, I know you're a huge fan. Season ticket, season ticket holder. Uh, so my dad has had season tickets since I was okay. six. So that's that's in the blood. My grandpappy had him had him as well. So okay. I'm not quite at that investment yet, but we're we're gonna get there. I make it to as many games as I possibly can. But right now, I'm I'm using the old man's tickets. So like you said, if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, uh, yeah general I mean, general thoughts. Any futures, player props, uh, team yep. bets that that you that you like for the year for the for the boys in the. Uh, on the south side? Absolutely. So um, pretty much how I'm feeling about the seasons. We're going to party like it's 05. I mean, this is the year we've been waiting for for, for a long time. It's been over a decade since we won the Central. It's time for uh, the return to glory. So, um, yeah, I, basically I, I was looking. We got the uh, the futures out here today. Uh, I need to kind of do a little bit more research on the, the player props. I know if I do well today, I'm going to get another invite. So I'm going to have a, a whole rack of uh, player props for you. But as far as uh, the totals go, Sox just came out on Action Network at 91 and a half. Uh, that's like you might as well have just put your money in, in Apple stock in the 90s, taking over 91 and a half. <laughs> the biggest stock you could ever have. I love it. So let's, let's just let's just put a few things here first. First of all, got an absolute stud one, two, three in the rotation. A few horses there. The, the bullpen's locked down, which is absolutely clutch when it comes to you know pumping out wins throughout the season, especially in the dog days. Got to lock it down. And you know the lineup. There's there's a there's a hole or two. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, you know DH. We got to figure it out. Andrew Vaughn. Hopefully he comes up. He's all right. I would have loved to see us maybe steal Cruz from uh, those boys up north or, or get somebody else, but I think we've got a ton of firepower. You know those, those Cubans are hitting missiles all summer long on the south side. They're going to be just pumping them out of there. Uh, so I'm seeing 96, 97 wins for this team, just shy of 100. Um, other thing you got to take into account here is AL Central. Let's just be honest, Twins, we're going to be in a dogfight all year. Indians will be tough like they always are for us, but we'll we'll win a majority of them. Royals and Tigers are just gonna you know roll over, gonna put them down like a sick dog, obviously. And then uh, we get the NL Central this year, which I don't know if you've seen what they've done in the NL Central, but every team's selling there except for the Cardinals. So uh, I would be disturbed if we didn't go at least sixty-five percent against the NL Central. So. Um, yeah, only a few teams to really worry about. We should have a lot of sweeps. I'm seeing us racking up, like I said, 96, 97 this year. I think with that rotation and, and the, the added depth to that bullpen, they're, they're probably right in that ballpark. Uh, boys, longtime Cub fan, now turned White Sox fan? Yeah, I left the Cubs. Uh, the Ricketts broke me, man. Cheap, don't care about us. After the World Series, we won in 2016. Lund Casper followed me to the south side, but um, it's good to be here. And um, I'm all in with Scott, too. I think they're going to win close to 100 games. Um, it's going to be exciting. It's a good young team that likes to play baseball. Um, a fun way will be a little interesting to see how Tony LaRusa adapts to these boys. Um, but uh, I think all systems go. I'm all in. Yeah, I think the whole LaRusa thing took a lot of people by surprise, especially with – uh, the youth of this White Sox team. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of the 
old school coaching methods that Larusa, you know, probably probably still has. So he'll be welcome in Bridgeport though with all these with all those Deweys on his resume. <laughs> yeah, Merrick, that's that's the X factor. There's only one team in all the major sports that can claim that they have a Hall of Fame coach sitting on the bench. So don't count them out. True. That's true. The thing is too, Tony Larusa is fluent in Spanish, so I think that. I think that will help with the locker room too, especially considering how diverse the White Sox are. And like, I know some people won't take that seriously, but I think that's important. No, I do. I do. I mean, the connection with your players is always, I think a, a beneficial piece uh, from even a, even a higher level than that. I, you know, GMs, uh, you know, Brian Burke's a great example in the NHL. You know, he was very close to a lot of players. They gain a lot of trust in him. And I know there's many, you know, across probably all the four major sports, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think that is, that is key, but I guess, you know, now that boys, you're on the, on, on the, the South side with us, with the Sox, I think we kind of need a little bit of a, of a, of a take here from a Cubs fan. So we're going to go ahead and, uh, we're going to, we're going to dial up our buddy Molaris. Like we were talking about, uh, <laughs> who typically engages us in, in a few, Twitter battles every once in a while uh, about Sox and Cubs. So let's give him a shout and see uh, see if he's around to give his take. It's okay. I like how George is taking leading by example from the Cubs. Not, not existent. Does he not have a fucking voicemail? What a psychopath! He's scared, man. He's not gonna get on. He's been talking too much on Twitter. There's no non-existent, shot. just like the Cubs ownership and the Cubs bankroll. Non-existent. Oh man, no. I he did he did mention that he had uh, he had youth hockey practice and he was running at eight, so he wasn't sure if he was gonna be able to delay it at all. So we'll try and catch him the next time. Uh, Scotty, you're on, but yeah, I guess yeah, like, one thing I liked, I like you did say though, was a uh, party like it's 05. We got a saying down here in Champaign bring back 05 for uh, Illinois Final Four and championship team. So I'm all in on going back 16 years to 2005 for a White Sox World Series and Illinois Final Four again. Absolutely. Don't hate it. And Schmera, I actually got a, I got a lock. I got a lock of a win total if you'll give me uh, 30 seconds here. It's all yours. We have no advertisements on here yet, so go right ahead. Three ads. All right, lock it in. It's low. It's low. You're going to cringe putting it in. It's an under as well, but Rockies under 63 and a half. I know what you're thinking. They are not a trade. Obviously, that's a huge part of it, but let's just dig into the numbers here a little bit. So, first of all, we know who they have to play. We know what division they're in. I took a look at their early schedule. The first month of the season, they're playing the Dodgers seven times, the Astros in a series, the Phillies three times, at the Giants six times, and the Mets. I'm expecting under under 10 wins, maybe five wins the first month. They're going to be selling like crazy. They got to restock. Herman Marquez, he's their stud. The dude's thrown a 2.13 ERA on the road the last three years combined. He's going to be getting bids like crazy. They're going to be selling. By May, June, they're going to have nobody left. I mean, I'd be shocked if they broke 55 this year. So lock in that Rockies under. Lock it in before it goes down right now. The Rockies. 
The Rockies. Oh no, that's a talk about a hot take. I'm not. I'm not that that vested in, in the MLB quite yet. But Rockies <laughs> under. I mean, that it sounds like a tough first month. Uh, it it doesn't sound easy. I mean, Phillies have been good last few years. Obviously, the Dodgers uh, being as good as they have been in recent years too. So, um, let's talk about upcoming slate this weekend. Um, we've got, uh, I know today, Tuesday, we're, we're recording here. Um, we got a lot of really good games, uh, from Thursday to Sunday. Um, Blaze, you want to start us off on, on what you like and, and, and what you think our, our listeners should be investing their money in? Yeah. Um, I'm a college basketball, um, savant as I like to call myself, just kidding, but for better or worse. So I'm going to stick with my college basketball picks. Um, two and one the past three weeks. I got three games um, this week for you all, so uh, bear with me. Uh, you can parlay these if you want for a six to one payout, or ride ride them individually, whatever works. I love Loyola minus three at Drake. These spreads are all based on Ken Palm. Drake is overrated, overhyped. Loyola is flying under the radar. They're the fifteenth best team according to Ken Palm. Play excellent defense. Senior laden team. Fundamentally sound. They're going to go to Drake this weekend and absolutely spank them. Give me Loyola minus three. Another game I like. I'm riding Creighton for better or worse until they lose or win the national title. Creighton plus one at home against Villanova. Nebraska is a tough place to play, and it's tough for these Big East teams who have to fly all the way to middle America to play this game and then fly all the way back. Give me Creighton plus one or take the money line. And then another game I really like, if this game happens, is under UVA and UNC 130. North Carolina beat Duke by putting up close to a 90 spot. But people forget seven days ago they played Clemson and couldn't even put up 60. Virginia's defense is a lot better than Clemson's. I don't even think North Carolina is going to put up 55. But um, give me the under on that one, UVA, North Carolina, 130. So just to recap, Loyola minus three at Drake. Um, a road favorite, Creighton plus one against Villanova, a home dog. I love it. And then under UVA, North Carolina at 130 points. So, uh, Scott, um, you got a college basketball game I think you got a lock for, too. You want to give us that? I do. Yeah. So, one thing I kind of preface to you guys on the pregame here is I'm a big trends guy. It took me about a decade of losing a ton of money gambling to uh, to realize, you know, you're not betting the teams. You got to look at the trends. You got to bet the numbers. So I'm finally on that, winning myself a little bit of money here. And, um, you know, Georgia-Alabama just screamed at me today. I don't know if you guys have seen the perfect storm, but, you know, when the weatherman's looking and the, all the storms are converging and he's like, oh, my God, it's the perfect storm. I mean, this is it right here. So lay the points with Alabama. I get it. They're hot right now. People love them. They're coming off that loss to Missouri that Blaze talked about a little bit earlier. But a uh, couple, couple stats here for you. So, first of all, they've been covering at a 60% clip. That's great for you gamblers out there. You know that. When they're a home favorite this year, they're covering 70% of the time. You can't find that. And now let's dig in one even more. In SEC games this year, they're covering 81% of the time, while Georgia, uh, against the spread, against the SEC, is 5-6 and six this year. So everything's screaming Alabama. If that's not enough for you to invest your money, how about this one for you? Alabama ranks fifth in the country in three-pointers made. Guess where Georgia ranks? Three-pointers given up, 153rd. They're going to be just draining threes from out there all game. They should. Uh, it, it might be close. Of course, it's a it's a conference game. We know how these go, but I can't see anything but Alabama pulling away there in the second half and, and covering pretty comfortably for you. 
God, you sold me. I love those stats. I love those trends. Here, here. Scott take my card number. Take my card down. Write my card number down. Take my card. Just for uh, Ken Palm, I don't know if you got the subscription, but it's a football spread. Bama minus 15. So, I'm a, okay. All day. I don't care. No, Nick Saban. I, I like it. I agree. Oh, man. Hey, Nick Saban on the on the sideline or not, I'm still tied. I'll, I'll roll tied on that. You said I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm sold. All right, Mike. Uh, I think you have a college basketball game. So give us a college basketball game and then we'll transition to NHL. And I think we got our first ever lock of the weekend NBA pick, too, from our uh, guests. So uh, we'll finish off with those. All right. So I'll give you guys one NCAA game uh, on Saturday. I'm going to be a homer here because they're really the only college hoops team I've been following. But I think the Hawkeyes have hit a little bit of a midseason kind of kind of rough patch here, and I do like them going into uh, Breslin Arena. Shout out, Chrissy Breslin. Um, I like them going in and taking care of business at Michigan State. I think Michigan State's a, a very young team, um, you know, and they haven't played due to COVID for what over a week, boys, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I, I think I think they're gonna find their step again. This will be a good not say tune up game, but I, I think this will be a good opportunity for them to get back on track. And uh I know again that they've dropped what three or four, I think they fell to fifteenth. Um you know, again, uh, I, I think they bounce back here, find their stride uh heading into the the really the, what the final third, final quarter of uh of the season. So other than them finish boys, I also have three extremely hot NHL games. Like I'm I'm fired up about these. I feel like I'm finally getting my betting stride on the NHL this year. Uh you know, David and Scott, you said it on the trends. I'm a big numbers guy. Big numbers guy. Uh finally uh getting pretty good there in Excel. But uh anyways, first game Saturday, Montreal, Toronto. I actually like the under in this game and I'll I'll tell you why. Um Montreal has uh, the, I believe, the number two penalty kill in the league. You have a Toronto team that relies very, very heavily on their power play. And top three power play in the league. I get that. But when you're coming up against a team that's as heavily loaded as Montreal is, um, I think you start to see them slow down that five on five game uh, that Toronto has. And, you know, they, they do rely on a lot of speed uh, on that five on five game. Uh, so I, I think, I think that's going to be a close game. It's going to be like a three to two game. So I'd count on that one going under um, on Sunday uh, or excuse me on Saturday. Uh, also on Saturday, I like the Tampa Bay and Florida Panther over. Um, here's why uh, both teams are in the top three shots on goal per game. Uh, a little over 32 shots on goal per game uh, on average uh, for both of those two teams. Look, we all know this. More shots on goal, more opportunities to, to find some twine here. So I, I like Panthers and Lightning over. Um, not to mention, too, the Lightning are God, they're crazy good um, to start the year. Uh, even though Florida hasn't played many games, I think uh, I think they played seven or eight games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they're they're six and one. Uh, actually, yeah, six and one after those seven. So, um, look, I I think they're they're both teams are off to a good start, and and I'd like uh, 
I'd like the over in that one. But uh, look, the last one that I'd take, and I'd probably parlay this uh, if it were me, uh, just because I like the extra odds. And, and look, you're going to cover the two on Saturday, so why not? Uh, why not go ahead and, and, and parlay with a game on Sunday? You got a little time to hedge on Sunday if you want. You know, guarantee. Go to church. You know what yeah, I like to say? Go to go church. To church. Say, go to church. Say a prayer, and then go turn on on NBC. The well, I think it's what the I like news. to say. Go to church and place a parlay, not a prayer, but well, no. both, both, because we, we we know the Catholic Church is is super corrupt. But um, anyways, you're gonna go to church. You're gonna say a prayer. You're gonna place a little hedge bet too, because we already are gonna be winning uh, the two games on Saturday. But after church, go get yourself some food, pour a drink, because we're watching Capitals Penguins. That game is going over. Here's why. They average 7.28 goals per game in that matchup, in the history of that matchup, let alone the fact that they've hit over in 10 out of the last 15. Over. Go over in that game. That game's a, a, a primetime game on Sunday. I think it, Lock of the week for me. Lock of the week. Take the over. Caps, Pens. All right, Scott, you got an NHL game for us and then finish us off with NBA? I actually have uh, one that's against Merrick, so I, I hate to do it, man. That's okay. We Merrick's, love it. Uh, Merrick, bring it. What'd you say? Bring it. Bring it. Zero-sum game, Scott. This will matter. Merrick's, a, Merrick's a golden god. So Merrick's a golden god when it comes to the ice. So I'm a little nervous now. I'm shaking in my boots over here, but – just, uh, just looking over those trends and uh, Canadians, Edmonton, Saturday night game. The boys are just going to really be ready to get out of there, put a couple back with each other. They're going to be buzzing around the ice. Uh, Canadians averaging 4.2 goals per game. Toronto averaging 3.69 goals per game. That's first and second in the league. Um, Edmonton ranks fourth to last in goals against. Montreal ranks 10th to last in goals against. Um I'm seeing a lot of goals in this game, but like I said, Merrick's got the eye for for the ice for sure. So I'm a little nervous. I didn't lock it in yet, and now I'm going to have to dig into the numbers a little bit more here. Scotty, so what that scare you off? Scotty, was you that gave me that Bama pick? I believe in your picks. I'm with you. Scotty, <laughs> was that was that Montreal Edmonton? You said I I had Montreal Toronto. Oh, different day. Oh no. Yeah, you're right. I think that's Friday. So, anyways, now I need to do my research. Now I'm definitely not getting invited back because I don't even know if I'm having <laughs> a great day here. So, wow. Really set myself up for that one. Hey, hey, no, your pick is still valid. You just thought that you were going against me based off of my, my Montreal uh, pick there. So, yeah, yeah look, good. hey, you're supporting my argument. They're going to be tired from the night before. You know, pucks are going to be getting in deep, and, uh, you know, there's, there's not going to be a lot of uh, – uh, a lot of odd man rushes, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that, that's where it is for sure. Scott, what else wow. you got on the card? What else you got on the card for the weekend, buddy? So I got a couple NBAers. Um, you know, been doing pretty well in the over unders in the NBAs. Really, really, just following the trends. Uh, I use a. What'd you say? Hang on, one sec, Scott. Boys, is this the first NBA pick we've ever given on the show? This is the first NBA pick we've ever get, given, and uh, just looking ahead when we're uh, when we're in our teens in this podcast, uh, Keen Sierra get our driver's license, seventeen and eighteen, and go to college. 
We're going to have to start doing some NBA research when March Madness is over. Mercy. Mercy. Well, Scott, I mean, four is yours, buddy. Like, this is a big deal. This is a big deal for the show. So, well, your first, NBA, first NBA picks on the show, it's, uh, you got to set the tone. Set the tone. I'll say this. NBA is by far the league I watch the least. So, I have the least emotional investment. Uh, so, I really just look at the numbers. Been been hitting some, some over-unders. I got a trend or two here for the listeners just to listen to. So first, uh, Utah Jazz hitting at 71% this year, 17-7 and seven against the spread. Um, I'm going to guess that that's going to come back closer to about 57%. So keep watching the Jazz. Watch their stock. It might be uh, going down here. But a huge trend I'm onto here is uh, away teams against the spread hitting at a 57% clip. You ask any professional gambler, you're hitting at 57%. You're basically printing money. Uh, obviously there's no fans in the stands. That's got to have a lot to do with it. So ride those away dogs for sure. Um, but I looked over the slate Friday, Saturday, Sunday, identified my absolute favorite over my absolute favorite under. So I'm going to give those two out here for the listeners. Uh, let's start, let's start with the over. This is going to be a fun one. Again, it's going to be a high number. You're not going to enjoy putting it in. You're going to be like, this is way too high. Nets Warriors over on Saturday night. So 2.30? What did you say, Mayor? Is it 2.30? No, it's a, it's the primetime ABC game. No, it's the over 2.30. Oh, it's if it's 2.30, put the house on it. Really? Um, I think it's more like 240, 241. I was looking on points about it. I think you guys got that info. But ABC primetime, we got Steph. I think Durant's going to be out for sure. But Harden, Kyrie, Steph in primetime, you know that they're just going to be throwing them up like crazy. Um, Brooklyn ranks first in points per game, six points more than the third team. Them and the Bucks are tied first, so they're just blowing people out. I don't know if you've seen their scores. Ever since they made the Harden trade, we're talking like 140 to 135, 146 to 140. It's it's insane. Vegas hasn't caught up yet, so keep going on that till they do. Golden State ranks ninth in uh, in points per game, and they also have the uh, most team efficient shooting. Obviously, yeah, Steph Curry is a big part of that. Brooklyn ranks second to last in opponents' point per game. We've all seen Durant, Harden, and Kyrie try to play defense. It just doesn't happen. They're going to be running up and down the floor. And Golden State ranks 23rd out of 30 in opponents' point per game, so bottom third as well. Two bad defensive teams, two great offensive teams. Primetime game, ABC. They're going to be shooting the lights out. Lock it in right now. As far as the under, um, Knicks Rockets we're going to be going with here. So a few things going into this. Knicks are dead last in points per game. Rockets, you think over team, right? You think running up and down the floor, scoring. No, not anymore. I even know not that. Anymore. Yeah, not exactly. anymore. See, Blaze, you could be making money like crazy. So they're they're twenty third. Talk to me after March Madness. They're in the bottom third. <laughs> Tom Thibodeau, we all know what he does here as Bulls fans. The Knicks are first in defensive efficiency. And Houston's actually seventh, so it's going to be kind of a slower game, not a ton of points. Uh, right now, as far as the unders go, the Knicks are 17-8 and eight on the under so far this year. The Rockets are 15-7. and seven. They're both hitting at a 68% clip on the under going against each other here. So it's going to be a boring game to watch. Lock it in. Don't watch it. Just check it after. But that's what I got going uh, on uh, Saturday. They're both on Saturday, so that should be good for you. Um, 
couple other quick things. As long as I got the NBA floor, I know you guys are looking for it. You got those couple other ones. Denver's uh, hitting 74% of the time right now against the spread. Jokic is just unstoppable. Brooklyn has hit the over 72% of the time, 18 and 7. So, again, that goes into our one on Saturday. And uh, so there's a big one on Saturday for the as far as the as the uh, trends go. Utah, as I said, is hitting 71% against the spread. Milwaukee goes to Utah on Saturday. Milwaukee is the second best team against the spread so far this year. So we've got two of the hottest trends going against each other. Keep your eye on that one. If I'm betting it, I'm betting the Bucks in that one. They just took down the Nuggets on the road. So I haven't locked it in, but I'm looking at it for sure. Well, that's interesting. And, yeah, it's crazy how you see some of these trends in the NBA that Vegas hasn't caught up yet. But the thing is, no one's really betting the NBA right now, so there's not really an incentive for them to. to but that means there's an opportunity for uh, the plebs like us to make some money. I love opportunity, but I just can't bet. I can't bring myself to bet. I can't do it right now either. It's, I can't. I can't. I'm a college basketball guy at heart. I haven't really been watching the NBA a lot lately. I got to catch up. But uh, sure. Scott, us in the mood, and we're going to have to start doing some research, and we're definitely going to like to have you come back uh, throwing out all these stats and trends. We love it. Love it. Big numbers, guy. Big numbers, guy. Big numbers, guy. Uh, hey, speaking of the numbers, though, man, are we – we're dash. We're negative. Up in the uh, up in the Midwest, there, Chicago and area boys. I know it's chilly, just like just like Scott Frost. It is cold outside, boys. Not only on the south side of Chicago, uh, but also to probably out in South Bend, South Bend, Indiana. Boys, what's the weather like in South Bend? Yeah, Scott's about an hour and a half west of uh, South Bend, Indiana. I'm about an hour and a half south, and. Uh, it's going to be cold on Saturday at Brian Kelly's house. Um, we got a high of 20 degrees, a 50% chance of snow, and a low of 4 degrees. But the thing that makes people feel that they'll be safe, the wind's not reaching double digits, only a high of 9 miles an hour. Huge. Huge. <laughs> Fun Huge. fact, uh, my mom was born and raised South Bend, so I'm always interested in that South Bend weather. I love that weather report from you boys every week. <laughs> touch, touch, Hey. You who's never fallen off scaffolding? Touchdown, Jesus. <laughs> Americ, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, you never asked me my, my worst beat of my life. Well, let's hear it, dude. Let's let's knock it out now. Worst worst gambling loss you've experienced. Could be the worst beat or really yeah. just one that you were like, you were just on the wrong end of, like a, a completely bad blowout loss. Yeah. So this one's going to resonate with you. Uh, maybe not my worst beat ever, but most memorable first bet I ever put in, in my entire life. Uh, I get to Iowa city, finally out of the nest with mom and dad, all excited at a little Friday night party. This guy's like, Hey, I heard you talking sports. Obviously not talking to any girls at all. Just talking sports in the corner with the boys. <laughs> and this guy's like, Hey, I heard you talking sports. Uh, you know, I'm a bookie. You want to get on with me? I was like, all right, let's do it. The next day. Hawkeyes lay in 13, lock of the century. I'm going to the game. It's my second Hawkeye game ever at the school. Hawkeyes are up 17 to three. Time's running down. Sean Green went off, touchdown, all that good stuff. Up 14, time's going down. Kirk does the smart thing, tells the punter to take a safety to end the game. Hawkeyes win by 12. Don't cover. First bet I've ever put in in my life. One of the worst oh. beats I've ever had. I was hooked right then. I back down, stop betting. I started looking at the 230 slate to see how I can make some money, and that's when I was hooked. 
I love it. That's a great story. For your story. first ever bet, that is absolutely unbelievable. Shout that, out to that, uh, Chris Benoka and Matt Herman, if you're listening. They were both with me at Connect Stadium. They both took the same bet. We all got hooked at the same time. It was, wait, it was Herman and who? And Chris Benoka. Oh, dogs. Jeez. That's that's unreal. That is an what, what about the best one? What um, yeah, I don't really have that one pinned down. I will say, if you guys watch uh, SVP on uh, Bad Beats, I was on the right side of uh, one of the ones that's in the opening credits. The Solomon Thomas, Josh Rosen just dropping the ball with time running out, and Solomon Thomas just running it in for fifty yards. I had Stanford in that game, so every time I watch uh, the opening of Bad Beats, I get a little bit of joy in me. From That's that, right there. Yeah, that is that is, and to know that you're on the right side of one of those backdoor billies is is so exciting. That's awesome. Well, That's hey, awesome. Solomon Thomas got the last laugh uh, when the Niners just absolutely duped us for Mitch, so he it came back to haunt me. That's yeah, unbelievable. No, that, that, it's funny they trade up and they steal Mitch, but then they end up drafting Solomon Thomas anyway. It's kind of a bust. Yep. Unbelievable. You won you money. But thanks, Scott. We really appreciate it. Uh, we loved having you on, and we're definitely going to have you back. Yeah, thanks, boys. Uh, I love listening every week. It gets me through my Friday afternoon, unless the uh, sound technician is a little little tardy putting it up late. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, boys. Would love to come back sometime. Yeah, That's thanks again. We got your picks. Uh, we'll tweet them out, too, uh, this weekend. Uh, but let's win some money in the dog days of February, as they say. <laughs> Roll Tide. The doldrums of winter. Yes. Thanks again, Scotty, for coming on. Uh, hey, before we wrap it up, I do want to I, I do want to mention one thing. Uh, this is the three guys from the South Side. Uh, there is actually a a fellow South Sider who is actually at the top of the leaderboards in the NHL. Uh, really quick, I failed to mention this earlier. Uh, from the Orland Payless area, uh, Christian Dvorak actually tied, I believe, for third uh in goals uh on the season thus far with seven already for the phoenix coyotes uh so shout out to a fellow south sider uh playing in, in in the big show there uh the league and uh making him name for himself so uh congrats buddy keep up the good work and uh thanks again everybody for tuning in uh we'll catch everyone next week and hopefully this week everyone's making a little bit of extra coin so peace